welcome to the Bridge the Divide podcast with Erica Turner and Heidi Wheeler, hosts and founders of the group Bridge the Divide Cedarburg. We hope to provide a forum for discussion and action around racial reconciliation. We seek to identify instances of inequality, foster empathy, and educate others to recognize their part in problems and solutions in Ozaki County and beyond. you for joining us. Um, we have had kind of a, a hard week around the country this week. We had um, Monday, October 22nd, we had um, pipe bombs going, being delivered um, through the postal service to various um, media outlets and, and um, to political figures. Uh, in Kentucky on October 24th, we had uh, two people murdered. In Pennsylvania, on October 27th, we had 11 people murdered. And this this week just kind of reminds us all um, of what hate looks like. Sometimes we we think we know about it, but we think it's kind of a distant a distant anomaly that we don't have to deal with. And then things like this happen, and it just kind of reminds us again that. Um, that we are flawed people and that there there's still hate in the world that people are acting on. Uh, today with uh, Bridge the Divide, we have a guest with us. Uh, Heidi is here also. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a guest calling in, um, Harriet McKenney. She is the retired executive director of the American Jewish Committee of Milwaukee. How you doing, Harriet? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for joining Glad us. Glad to be with you. Thank you. So we thought that we could kind of just start this out. Um, Harriet, if you can just talk to us about some of the events that have happened this last week and, and what you're thinking about them. Well, we've seen a whole slew of people targeted. And we've seen them targeted for what they believe, how they pray, what they look like and also the lies and myths and misinformation that have been told about them. These aren't people that the shooters and the bombers knew. These were not their next-door neighbors or their Aunt Tilly or their cousin Louie. These were people who were caricatures to them. Mm. So we have a man who tries to break in to a black church in Kentucky, and when he can't get in, goes to a neighborhood Kroger and shoots two shoppers. I don't know much about the woman, but I know the man was a grandpa shopping with his his grandson for poster board for a school project. And the shooter turned to a white person working in the store and said, don't worry, white people don't shoot white people. Well, of course, that wasn't true because just a couple of days later, 
we have 11 people murdered in a synagogue. 11 Jews. Who, had they walked down the street, this guy would have identified as being white. And then we have the attacks on the media and on people who have not agreed with the president publicly. So much for free speech. So actually, I heard a rabbi say this week that hate speech is not free speech. Hate speech is exactly like calling fire in a crowded theater. So what do I think about it? I think for some of us, it's a wake-up call. Because I think here in the U.S., with oceans protecting us on either side, and with foundation documents that promises us um, citizenship in the land of the, the home of the brave, that promises us safety and protection just for being here, we have seen that that's not true. And I think that this feeds that unfortunately most of us, and I'm painting with a broad brush here, but most of us grow up pretty isolated from people who we think aren't like us. They don't look like us. They don't worship where we worship. They're not my parents' friends. They We pretty much grow up and interact with people who look pretty much like we do. Those are the people in our neighborhoods. Those are the people in our houses of worship. Those are the people in our schools. Those are the people we work with or our parents work with. Because of that, because we don't know these people, we are prone to believe the caricatures. We are prone to believe the lies and myths and misinformation about the people we don't know. Maybe we don't actually believe them, but we don't have any information to counter them. So when we hear it, we kind of get like deer in the headlights. We just get stuck there. We don't stand up to the lies and misinformation because we don't know what to say and we're terribly afraid of making mistakes, which is too bad because we know what to do about mistakes. We know how to clean those up. We get to say, I'm sorry. I know as a Jew, this has been a particularly difficult week because it rekindles many, many old fears. I and mean, we're, we're people that has suffered, suffered from generations of trauma, the Holocaust just being one of the more recent ones. And the narrative says that when we're attacked, no one will stand up for us. And this week has been different. This week, our allies have stepped up and made a huge difference. Um, we're still as 
any targeted group in this country is scared. We'd be nuts not to be. But it isn't enough to cause us to quit. You know, it says in the in the Talmud, you are not required to complete the work. Neither are you allowed to quit. This work of making the world right is everyone's business, and we can't let ourselves be scared. So some wise words, Harriet. <laughs> A lot of the things that you were saying have echoed things that we've talked about on the show and how when we don't know our neighbors and we're not exposed to people of different races and cultures that um, we make assumptions that are not true. And um, your point about all of these crimes being committed against people that were unknown by the perpetrators is a powerful one. And also your your thoughts around um, that we can't be silent are powerful. Um, we, uh, we're mourning with you and we're so sorry. And, um, we were reading about the, the show up for Shabbat hashtag. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, but what, I am. what, what do you need? What does the Jewish community need from non-Jewish allies and how can we, what message can we spread and put on the air? Well, let me let me say just uh, something about show up for Shabbat. Mm-hmm. I'm um, I am a Jewish woman, and so I am most days and holidays I'm in the synagogue, and this would not keep me out of this. Lots of people who don't regularly go to the synagogue, and this show up for Shabbat is a way of saying. You won't keep us away from each other, and you won't keep us out of our houses of worship. Hmm. And that's significant. What can allies do? A few things. One, you can call out anti-Semitism when you hear it. Mm-hmm. There are lots of anti-Semitism that is called out by elected officials, hides under the radar. It's like the dog whistle. Hmm. Oh, those internationalists. Oh, those rich ones who control the government. Oh, those guys who control the media. All of that is code for Jews. Hmm. When they talk about George Soros is funding the caravan and Bloomberg is funding the Democratic Party and um, there was another name that just came up um, in some rant, another Jewish man. Those are dog whistles. Those are culprits. Those are um, anti-Semitism. That's what it looks like. It looks it looks more like that guy with a Nazi tattoo confronting you in your living room. 
That's what it looks like. And so our allies need to stand up to that. If it's nothing more than say, than saying, that hasn't been my experience, hmm. or really, why do you think I've been wondering why someone would think that. Where is that evidence? Hmm. Etc. Say it. Say, gee, that's not my Jewish friend. And so, and if you don't have a Jewish friend, make one. Make one, right. Am I, am, <laughs> am I saying to you, go, because they're a Jew? You betcha. <laughs> and, the reason, and the reason I'm saying that is because everything has conspired to keep you guys from being friends. Mm -hmm. And that is true about, do you have a friend who is a different skin color than you are? Do you have a friend who is an immigrant or whose parents are immigrants? Do you know anything about them? Do you want me to tell you to make their, make friends with them just because they're an immigrant or just because they're South Asian or just because they're Native American, or just because they're black? Yes. Yes. And if you feel odd about that, just say, I didn't really want to do this, but Harriet made me. <laughs> <laughs> can invoke Harriet's name. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Harriet. I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. We're going to head over to a break, and we'll be back shortly. Great. Thank you. do this work because we believe that um, humanity is important and that people are important and that every single person is important, mm -hmm. um, no matter the race, the gender, uh, the religion, the uh, ability or disability, the amount of money, the amount of power. Everyone matters. And... Um, to be honest, we're, we're kind of feeling teary back mm -hmm. here just with mm -hmm. the weight of all of these things this week. Um, and, and in our world here in Cedarburg, we're still in a bubble. Right. We, have, we haven't had hate crimes like that here. Right. Um, and so it's easy to, to go without talking about it in our places of worship, in our schools, um, even with our friends, because it's not impacting our day-to-day, -day, but it will. You're sending your kids out into a world um, where they will be exposed to people like this. It could be you sometime on some vacation um, and you're in a different place and there, a shooter, you know, you, people were in Paris uh, vacationing right. when the shooter went in there. It, the world is dangerous mm -hmm. and it's evolving. Um, there are good people, but it seems like the, the polarization is um, becoming more extreme. And a lot of the 
the rhetoric that's been allowed in our country in the last few years, it's not benign. Right. The, the words that and the ways that we're treating people, um, groups of people, it, it's not benign. And it's contributing to, I believe, emboldening people that don't actually know people to take action out of their fear and hate. If you have a um, a fear-based philosophy, then how how do you make it from from fear to love? We have we're talking about these events that involved um, white men that were the shooters or attempted bombers, and you wouldn't for one second say, "Well, those are all white men. All white men are just like that because these three gentlemen did this thing." You wouldn't believe that. So why do you allow the fear to creep in to say there are masses of people from South America and Central America coming to the U.S.? And boy, let me tell you, they are the rapists and drug dealers and criminals. Because someone brings to mind one person that did something, you think an entire group of people are just like that. If we don't believe that about these criminals then why would you believe that about an entire group of of other people? You can't you can't base everything off fear. You can't it just I mean she talks about the the dog whistle politics and the the fear that I can just put out an ad or I can say on the radio that you should hate all of these people and somebody is going to believe you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not I I don't know how to count. I guess this is how you counter it, right? <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, just Harriet's point about the, the subtlety of of the way we speak. I mean, even in some of the political ads, they put a mom up there talking about, you know, you have to be afraid for your kids. Mm-hmm. Well, that's instilling fear in people in how you vote um, mm-hmm. and not wanting to confront your family at the Thanksgiving dinner table when there's a racist joke or right. – and I get it. You don't want – you don't want political – blow-ups or big conversations, but, you know, if we let things slide at our dinner tables and in our, our at our sports games watching our kids, if we let these small comments happen mm-hmm. around us, then we are somewhat implicit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've heard um, Stephanie from Surge Milwaukee talk about calling people out versus calling them in. Mm. You know, there there are ways to, you don't have to at the, the Thanksgiving dinner table, stand up on the table and point your finger and, and you know, turn back the same hate on Uncle Joe because of <laughs> what he's saying. But it is your chance to say, like Margaret said, well, well, why do you think that way? I think that might be wrong. How about we go find out what the real answer is right. or or have some counter examples? We always talk about the danger of the single story. That's the only story you've ever heard. That's the only a movie you've ever seen that's the only thing you know about a certain group of people so that's one that's mm-hmm. one person there's mm-hmm. a few million others that maybe you can hear about and and bring things around to to humanize them again mm-hmm. not to just give some fear-based answers or anger and and just leave it at that you know right. bring them bring them back in and discover the truth yourselves mm-hmm. and 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 make a concerted effort at it mm-hmm yeah, that's one of the ways I try to stimulate critical thinking in students. One of the best ways I've seen is asking questions mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't put them on the defense. Right. And that's what we're hoping that we, we can do and you can do in the people's lives that you have influence 
on asking questions and telling stories. We, um, we wanted to take some time to name some of the victims in um, the hate crimes of last week because it's important to say their names. They're not just two African-American people um, so or 11 Jewish people. So Erica was going to go ahead and read some of the names. Bernice Simon, Sylvan Simon, Melvin Wax, Daniel Stein, Irving Younger, Rose Malinger, Jerry Rabinowitz, Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Cecil Rosenthal, David Rosenthal, Maurice Stollard, Vicki Jones. Um, so what now? What now? All these, th- these hate crimes have been committed and we're left in the wake. Um, we, um, we've talked about the importance of noticing and confronting hate speech um, because it turns into hateful and dangerous actions at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to also think about in ourselves what are, what are our biases against uh, full groups. Um, have you educated yourself yet? Have you um, made friends in other groups? Have you read books? Um, are you to the point where you feel comfortable standing up? Um, so, so some self-reflections, but then also joining forces. Mm-hmm. Come to our group. We're the first Monday of every month at the Cedarburg Public Library. Um, join with us. Um, we will have thoughtful discussions that we believe are infused with love and not hate. Um, we are trying to um, bridge the divide of communication between people of all colors and beliefs. Um, we want to respect everyone. Um, what else? Um, when we talk about love, love is something that I will, you know, uh, just talk about generally because I really think that that what we're doing is from a place of love. And um, and, you know, that Heidi and I met at church. So, you know, at church we're we're talking about um, how to love God with all of your body, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of your mind that that's important for us to do. And we're also told that we have to love our neighbors as ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's not um, just kind of like the person that really believes just like you do, that looks just like you do. It's it's loving them and, and loving them as you love yourself. If you want to be warm at night, then you should be concerned that somebody else is warm at night. If you want to feel loved and affirmed in your job, then you need to make sure that the other person is loved and affirmed in their job. It's just, it's not, it's not about tolerating people. Um, Like we, we talked about tolerating, you can tolerate a, a medical procedure. So you've got your, your lovely 50 year scope coming up. 
you tolerate the scope, right? You don't love it. It's not something that you want to be involved in. It's not something you want to get nice back metaphor. to. I know. Sorry. <laughs> it's nurses. It's how we talk, right? Yeah. Um, so, it, so it's not tolerating other people. And just, I guess I won't yell at them or call them names. I guess I'll just kind of stiffen up and stand in their presence. It's loving them. So, so love is an, an active thing that, that we have to do. And sometimes it's, it's giving up your own power, your own time, your own rights for the good of the other. And that, I mean, this is, uh, somebody was talking about last week, was it Lisa about a lifelong journey mm-hmm. of white people and racism? Well, I think we're all on a lifelong journey for everything. I think I also said that mm-hmm. um, because I, it's true. I, we're naturally selfish, naturally fearful people. Mm-hmm. And to learn to look out for other first and put aside our fears in order to hear somebody's story or to come alongside them in their pain or their suffering or their anger, that this is something we have to aspire to, to make our world a better place. And depending on your beliefs, um, to live out what you're called to live out according to your religion. So, Mm -hmm. and faith. Were you going to say something else? Um, no, just going, going to head to a, a break and we'll come back on the other side of it. Okay. When bias motivates an unlawful act, it's considered a hate crime. Eruptions of hate generally produce one of two reactions. One is apathy. Uh, it's just an isolated act by some kooks. That's kind of the sentiment there. Mm-hmm. Or two, fear. The world is out of control. Um, so can there be a third, a third reaction? Can we do something besides be apathetic or fearful in the wake of these kinds of uh, hideous acts and hate crimes. Mm-hmm. And I think if you um, recall back to what um, what Harriet said, is you have you have permission to make mistakes. Nothing says that we're going to get it right that we know exactly what to do or what to say and make it right the first time all the time. But you need to do 
something, make some kind of step forward. I like and, uh, that she gave us permission to be a little awkward. Yes. And we can we can <laughs> say that Harriet told us to do it. Yeah. Go up and find your new friend. Harriet said to do it. But then I wonder, do people <laughs> want people coming up to them like, will you be my token friend? Yeah. I'd have to say I've had I've had some of that happen in life and, and I'm not too fond of it, but but I also know that if I'm not willing to be the friend the first time somebody comes up, that it may turn them off and they won't ever try it again. So maybe I've got to be a little uncomfortable and go, sure, let's let's have this talk. Yes, let's go out and have some coffee. Yeah, let's figure something out and 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 kind of sit in that a little bit. And I think that's also why I always feel like when someone else hears something or sees something that they don't think is is affirming to them or doesn't put them in the best light, you know, every now and again, I'm like, yeah, maybe you got to sit in that for a little while. Mm. <laughs> that's not comfortable, is it? I know what that's like. But mm. if we're both going to get there, then we both have got to sit in the discomfort for a little while. So I'm, I'm not sure that it's your, you know, your best bet for a brand new person you've never met before to shake hands and say will you be will you be my black friend yeah but you never know (laughs) yeah I mean ideally it would be over some shared interest correct but if you live in a nearly all white community right how does that happen you're gonna have to branch out you're gonna have to work on it Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to go go hunting for a little bit and we've we've talked about too not that we're we're not just talking about race here we're talking about you know um a, a culture of Jewish Judaism, Jewishness. We're talking about um, religion, and and we found a um, a meme on social media because you know one thing that social media is good for is throwing out some memes, memes. and gifts. <laughs> so I uh, saw one yesterday that I really enjoyed that said, um, "If you have an armed guard in order to practice freedom of religion, then you don't actually have freedom of religion." True. So if you're if you're saying you know, this is America, you know, it's the land of the free, you can do what you want, you can say what you want. Well, can you if, if you have to either resort to fear based, because you have people who decide they don't like your religion, they don't like when you support um, immigrants coming into the country, they don't like what you have to say. So it's okay for them to act out and hate. You know, I think sometimes we have to, we've got to really think about the options that we're giving people. If something doesn't go right, then the answer isn't, well, let's throw some firepower at it. We don't like what's happening at the border. I know. Let's send the military because that'll make it better. Thinking, oh, this is, it's scary. This is, you know, the fear-based. How do you, how are you not scared when, when things are happening and the answers are, well, let's, let's defend ourselves. Let's arm. I I don't think these kinds of changes happen on a, macro level before Mm. they happen on a micro level Mm. so at the community neighbor friendship level Mm -hmm. then we start to put pressure on hey you know what I don't want that kind of rhetoric in office I'm not okay with that or I don't it's not okay for whatever not to be acknowledged at my kid's school Mm -hmm. I mean and then these things trickle up I I could be wrong about that but it Mm. It feels like in the way of bureaucracies and governments and large scale things, they feel pressure from the people below. And that's when change happens. 
And we, we talk about too in uh in America, we're used to things being fast and easy. And, you know, this is this is how all things should be. So I still think that we're gonna have to do one step at a time and and kind of sit in it. It's not gonna be comfortable. Um when we think about Pennsylvania again, that we had an entire Jewish community rocked by this horrible thing that the shooter went to a hospital where there were Jewish nurses and doctors attending to him, trying to save his life. Hmm. How do you do that without being uncomfortable, without being fearful, without being angry, but you still do it because it's what it's what you should do. So I think that some of these things aren't going to be, it's not going to be an automatic thought. You, you have unconscious biases that still trigger you when you haven't addressed them or looked at them. But you need to be able to feel it, feel how uncomfortable that is and know that it's not right and change what you're doing. And I think that we can do that. It just has to be, it can't be a superficial. It has to be a deep. I think that's why love always comes up, this deep guttural emotion that's, it's it's solid, it's rooted. And you have to reach back to that in order to reach out to, to some other people. We were talking about... Um how we even have some empathy for the men that did these acts because what kind of childhood or beliefs or how, how did they get their worldview to be able to do these kinds of things and, and what were they raised like? And, um, I keep, keep thinking about people that speak words of hate and racism and, aren't willing to see other people for people as being really wounded people that haven't healed themselves. And so this is the work of healing going from a damaged human being to somebody that is more whole. And so that's a lot of the work too. And I don't know how we do that besides through relationship as well. It's there. We're digging in. (laughs) getting deep. So we have the the theme of today is it's awkward to make change and to, and to move forward, but we can't stand for this kind of world as much as, as much as possible. I mean, we know there'll always be some evil in the world. There will be evil in the world, not just some, there will be, but, um, let's, Let's combat it with light and goodness. Um, that about sums it up for today. Yeah, we got to go off and, and uh, wipe our eyes now. And we'll, we'll be back with you next time for the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you.